With Capella University's FlexPath learning format, you can earn your degree online at your own pace and get support from people who care about your success. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. So in order to support our show, we need the help of some great advertisers. And we want to make sure those advertisers are ones you'll actually want to pay attention to and hear about. But we need to learn a little more about you to make that happen. And I would love to learn more about the audience. So go to PodSurvey, that's P-O-D-S-U-R-V-E-Y, PodSurvey.com slash James, and take a quick totally anonymous survey that will help us get to know you better. That way we can bring on advertisers and, and even content that you won't want to skip. So once you've completed the quick survey, you can enter for a chance to win a $100 Amazon gift card. Terms and conditions apply. Again, that's podsurvey.com slash James, J-A-M-E-S. Thanks for your help. This isn't your average business podcast, and he's not your average host. This is the James Altucher Show on the Choose Yourself Network. Today on the James Altucher Show. In general, people say it's better to own a home. Um, do you have anything to add to their <laughs> argument? I don't own a home. I mean, I think, like, I've always felt guilty a lot of times about not doing it. But Why? then, because I think for that very reason, because it's been imbued in me, you know, about home ownership and, hey, you are throwing away money. Well, let's just examine the math of that. Compound interest, this is my favorite calculator. (laughs) If you look at the actual numbers, owning a home and going to college, which everybody does, you basically cost yourself between one and $5 million, depending on how you do it, in the time of your life, which was the money you needed to retire. And and, uh, without doing anything else, you could have, just by not owning a home and not going to college, all of your kids will be able to take care of themselves. Wow. All right, uh, Steve Cohen on the podcast with me. We're answering questions and just and just riffing. Yes, it's exciting to be back with you, James. So I wanted to talk about, I wanted to update something I wrote about a long time ago, which were the Ten Commandments of the American religion. I feel like advertising and marketing and branding has created these beliefs among U.S. citizens that have hurt our society hurt everybody's pocketbooks and and people irrationally argue to the bone to stand up for these things that are just not so smart so the so so one of them which you know everybody will argue with me about and i get it but one of them is owning a home everybody wants to everybody feels like it's a good thing to own a home they say you're if you're renting you're flushing money down the toilet sure and if you own a home it, the, the idea is it goes up in value and it's a good source of savings as opposed to the stock market. It's very rare for home prices to go down. It's only happened once in the past 60 years, which is a financial crisis. And in general, people say it's better to own a home. Um, do you have anything to add to, I to, to, <laughs> to their argument? Because um, I, mean, I, I don't own a home. I mean, I think like I've always felt guilty a lot of times about not doing it. But Why? then I just... Because I think for that very reason, because it's been imbued in me, you know, about home ownership and, hey, you are throwing away money 
and you need to, you know. Well, you, let's, you let's just examine something. the math of that. So, so in New York City, yeah. let's just make numbers up. Yeah, sure. Okay, a typical rent might be five thousand dollars. Sure. Right, and for like a what a one bedroom apartment. Yeah, it's it, probably between like three and four thousand for one bedroom to rent. You know, but yeah. sure, let's let's just say five thousand. Yeah. And now for Both one bedroom, our listeners in Oklahoma and <laughs> no, New York you know, City is disgusting. You yeah, should not live exactly. in. Don't live in Manhattan. Like right. like like when you had moved to Cold Spring, you weren't paying. When I moved of, to, when I moved to Cold Spring, though, at some point I realized, oh my gosh it's easy to live here like right. the rent's nothing and it's beautiful and it's nature and then i had to move back to new york city but if you don't have to live here you probably shouldn't live here it's, yeah it's too expensive to live here so so but let's just look at it you so know, yeah if you let's say you're paying five thousand and month, what would you pay what, how how much would it cost to own a one-bedroom apartment in the same building um that where you're spending maybe 5, six 000? or seven hundred thousand i mean no then it'd be like a million probably yeah, yeah. so a million right okay so in one case, you're paying 5000 a month. Let's just right. look at today, how much money is in your bank account. Sure. And then we'll look at five years from now. So so I don't want to get too much into right. math. It's not going to be boring. Yeah. But uh, if I wanted to buy a million-dollar home, I've got to put down probably two hundred fifty dollars or $300,000. Yes. So the guy who's paying 5000 a month rent, where is he finding the $300,000 to buy the exact same apartment? Yeah. And then... Okay, you have a seven hundred thousand dollar mortgage, right? If you're putting three hundred thousand dollars down, yes. and you're paying about a six percent interest right. rate, is sure. that what interest yes. rates are? So, so, so you're taking a seven hundred thousand dollars at a six percent interest rate. So that's uh, that's about almost four thousand a year. So right. instead of so now you just gave three hundred thousand dollars to right. the bank, and you borrowed seven hundred thousand dollars. So now instead of paying five thousand dollars a month rent. You're paying $4,000 in just interest. Right. Okay. So that's money you are throwing down the toilet because that's just right. the interest payment. And let's say you got a 30-year mortgage. And um, taxes, maintenance. So taxes and, and then maintenance, you're probably spending like up to $8,000, $6,000 yeah. to $8,000 a month. Exactly. And it's volatile. You don't know how much you're going to pay because of the maintenance. Yeah. It could be $10,000 one month, zero the next month. The taxes... You have no control. The government tells you how much you owe in housing taxes. You have no control over that. Yeah. You, you with your income, you kind of have control over the taxes you pay. The more money you make, the more taxes you yeah, pay. Yeah, interesting. With with housing, they tell you what your house is worth and what taxes you pay. And people argue with this all the time. It's not fair. And and, and so and what kind of tax deduction are you getting? Like, you don't get any tax deduction anymore on the interest payments. That's a new tax. Oh, wow. the Trump tax laws. Oh, interesting. So so. So, which could be an argument for t housing prices going down in the future because sure. a big benefit of owning yeah. a home, getting that deduction no longer exists. So, so you know, you get some. I mean, I feel like so many people. I mean, house. No. I mean, oh, we could Google it, but yeah. okay, let's no, no. let's say, let's say you get a tax deduction. Okay. Yeah, I think you definitely do. You're still but paying. It's probably reduced. You instead know. of paying five thousand a month sure. rent, let's just compare. Renting, you're paying five thousand a month rent, and and owning. You're out three hundred thousand yeah. dollars cash. Like you can't borrow that. Right. That's the amount you're just yeah. out is gone from your bank account. Right. And you're paying more money per month. You're paying six to eight thousand right. a month minimum. Right. right. Maybe more. Right. Right. And so so yeah. so so where's the throwing the money down the toilet? You're throwing the money down the toilet when you own. Now, so so let's look at the other side of that. You're you're not making. You know, let's see, housing yeah. goes up six percent. Right. Oh, here's my phone. That's your mortgage broker. 
No, it's uh, seamless because I always order. Like, hold on, I'm going to answer it on the podcast. Hello? Yeah, this is James. You're out of avocado. How could you be out of avocado? My daughter needs her avocado. What kind of what kind of protein? Okay, tuna. Regular tuna. No problem. Thank you, Seamless. Bye. All right. It's about time Seamless gets a little... Seamless is our sponsor. No. <laughs> That'd be great if Seamless is our sponsor and that was the ad. Yeah, let's let's. Like, they let's gave great see, service. you're so great to them and love their avocado service. <laughs> well, but no. Seamless, they were, we're going to reach out to you. And they're willing... See here? Okay, we're going to get to grocery stores in a second. Yes, so yes. that'll be next. That's not part of the Ten Commandments <laughs> of the American religion. No, it kind of is, actually. Yes. Oh, good. Okay. Uh, so, so, so again, the, the benefit of owning home then is that you might make more money than you would have. Right. If you, if you're, so, so let's, so in, in, again, when you're renting, you have an extra $300,000 in your pocket. Yes. Which, by the way, it's not trivial. Like, sure. like you could sleep at night with the extra three hundred thousand dollars in, right. in your bank. But, but, and potentially you can make uh, money with that. So, I don't know. And it's not, it's not a given that every piece of real estate makes money. I've owned yeah. houses several times and lost money each time. I gotta be honest because, like, I think I I brought up my discomfort at not owning and. Um, and I think sometimes it may not make sense to pay at New York City to buy something at New York City prices, right? We're looking I agree through with those that. lens. If you were, but in, I, I think that's true for the U.S. That's though. fine, you know. But I do think I felt a little bit differently when I started working with you because you're a guy who had a ton of money and you know had a lot of money and then lost it. But then you made it again. Then you lost it. But then you made it again and. So even if you did all those things. Why are you things, making me feel bad on the podcast? <laughs> I think it's amazing. I think it's actually inspiring to everybody out there, which is, um, but I think, so you're kind of, you know, like what do I always say? Like you start from where you are and you, you know, we spend a lot of time feeling guilty about certain things. And yes, it could be the collective pressure of society thinking you need to do this a certain way. Well, I think it's and, because, I think it's because like, you know, from what I understand, this may or may not be, this is what I've read and what I've heard, but let's just take it with a grain of salt. Um, Fannie Mae or some part of the real estate industry is what created the notion. Uh, it, it was a marketing sure. term, the yeah, American dream. The idea of owning a house in the suburbs with a yard and the white picket fence, that became this mythology of the, the American dream. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think it was just a marketing scam because they lend you the money and that, you know, Fannie Mae backs a lot of the loans yes, that, for sure. from, from the banks. So, so they make money on every person who borrows money to buy a house. So, of course, they're going to have all this. And then here's the other thing, too. The 100 million people or so who own homes, they are incentivized to say it's better to own a home because they don't want people to stop owning yeah, homes because sure. that's how prices rise. Yeah, so they'll always argue. bias. Yeah, them. there's yeah. confirmation bias, and there's also kind of um, self-interest uh, yeah. to get other people to do what you've done, particularly if it helps prices rise in your yeah. area. Uh, but, but, you know, the other thing is, and I, I'm, I'll take the, I'll play devil's advocate against myself. Some people really do like the roots of knowing yes. for the next 18 years, you know, they, their kids yeah. are zero. They'll grow up with the same yeah. friends and the same school system. Like I rent an apartment yeah. right now. I don't know if I'm going to be able to stay there yeah. more than three years, say. Sure. But the average American 
buys and sells a house every four and a half years. So that's the churn, that's the average churn on yeah. home ownership. So so that argument doesn't really that argument works, and I get it, except the fact that in practice it doesn't happen for most people. If, right. if the average is four and a half, some people hold it for twenty years, some people only hold a home for one or two years. Yeah, I think what I've learned, you know, probably it's been reinforced since working with you is obviously like there as you have a chance to kind of question why we do things we're going to get to your other nine commandments but i think yeah, it's not one size fits all and i think we waste a lot of energy trying to adhere to cultural mores for whatever reason they've been you know engendered upon us you know and we waste rather than saying okay what is actually best for me you know and so for some people yeah they might be able to justify it, or they may be able to irrationally explain it. like you know in behavioral economics right a lot of people do things and they spend money on certain things and skimp on others and they have a reason for feeling okay about it. It doesn't bother them that much about it. You know? Right. Like let's say someone takes that $300,000 instead yeah. of, and, and they don't buy a house. Here's the thing also about buying a house yeah. as an investment. I get it why you might want to do it as an investment if, you, if you're a big yeah. believer in real estate, but who would take, here's the, here, here are the qualifications of a bad investment it's it's all your money you're borrowing also yeah. and it's illiquid meaning you can't like a stock i could sell tomorrow but a house yeah a, what exactly when you need the cash is exactly when you can't sell right. it so because like when the economy is tanking you can't sell your house and you need the cash so you're so now you're suddenly depressed and stressed you know okay now i remember you had this argument with or this conversation with jim norton when you were on his show and he said, well, I like to own a house, you know, because they asked you about living in Airbnbs, which is decidedly not owning anything. Right. You know, not and then renting. he said, well, I feel I live in the city. I feel comfortable. It just gives me something. I know if everything else, you know, uh, falls to pot for me, at least I still have my apartment. But but city. that's not true, though, because yes. if you don't pay back the bank and you don't pay back the and you don't pay your, your that, taxes Hear that, Tim <laughs> if you don't pay your state taxes your which by the way you're paying more yeah. you're, you're paying more than rent for your, your interest and the taxes and the maintenance if you don't pay for any of these things right the bank's gonna you don't own your house the bank's gonna take it or the government's gonna take it or your house is gonna fall apart if you don't pay the maintenance yeah for sure for so sure. so i'm not sure you have you actually have anything and even when you own it outright, you still have the taxes and the maintenance, sure. which could be as much as rent in some years. Uh, uh, so, so I'm gonna just figure out if you have, let's say you're 30 years old and you're gonna buy a house in New York City. Now again, it's different than than other places. Um, and, and and let's say you compound at six percent, right? Which is low. Um, oh, years to grow, 30. Let's just say 30 years. You're gonna own it from 30 to 60. Annual addition, zero. Hold on, I'm using my compound interest calculator. Oh, this is not working. I have to find another compound interest calculator. Money Chimp, you cannot be a sponsor of this <laughs> podcast. Okay, so 300,000, length of time, 30 years, interest rate, 6%, compound annually, calculate. Okay, so that's $300,000 in 30 years, you would turn into 1.723 million. So, and that's only compounding at 6%. You know, right. if you go to, there's a lot of different ways you can make more, 6% is like conservative. Sure. The stock market goes up on average like 7 or 8% yeah. per year. And there's, and that's just passively investing in the stock market. So, uh, I mean, and, and yeah. one percentage point, people don't realize makes a big difference. So let's just say 7%. 
um, the same time period, everything else the same. That's $2.3 million with that 300,000. So it's not such a bad thing. And it's yes. probably less risky because you could diversify more and it's more liquid. So you sure. can get access to cash when you need it. Um, $2.3 million enough to retire on by the time you're 60. Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah. and so I don't, again, I don't see. And move to a cheaper place than a $5,000 apartment. Well, once city. the kids are uh, yeah. out of the house, move yeah. to a cheaper place yeah. or move out of the city for one thing. Yeah. Um, so, so again, I don't see, uh, the only benefit I really see is the confidence that you could stay there for 18 years, given yeah. that you're going to pay more money, you're going to take more financial risk and it's a worse investment yeah. and you can't get out of this investment even if you want to. So that's the only benefit I see. And it's interesting because, you know, you'd written a great post about this and you were just talking about how this is considered to be the biggest kind of blasphemy, right? Like you said, you could talk, you could say other, like these are among the things that people could say about like, hey, you need to own a home. You need to go to college and some of these other ones. And you've, you've written about this before and what's the kind of reaction you usually get? People get really angry. Like <laughs> I once was giving a talk. So I used to be a spokesperson for Fidelity and I was once giving a talk for them and I said this in the talk and people like, people were like, really, they were like screaming at me, um, you know, uh, cause you, cause you can't, cause it's, again, it's, it's a, yeah. a cognitive bias, confirmation yeah. bias, and you're arguing against, you know, the, the, the asset prices going up for them. You know, if you're yeah. saying, if you're telling people don't buy a home, that's like telling someone who owns Apple, yeah. oh, I'm going to tell everybody else in the world to not buy Apple. Stock. Sure. So, so people get very upset because um, they feel a, like you're jeopardizing their investment. And just yeah. think about it. It's the biggest financial risk many people will yeah. ever take in their entire sure. lives. But at the same time, most people then don't have money for retirement. Like less than 5% of people when they yeah. retire have more mo than enough money to, to last them a year. Right. And so here I just gave you away. Oh, instead of putting the money down in the house, you have $2.3 million yeah. when you retire. It's not trivial. Yeah. So, so like you look at all these big things that people spend money on and then you wonder why they can't afford retirement. So the next commandment yeah. is of course, college educations. Now I've talked and written about this a lot, but let's just update this a little bit. Yeah. Since 1977, tuitions have gone up faster than inflation by 10%, not on average, but every single year has gone up 10% or more faster than inflation every single year. Medical costs have gone up faster than inflation every year since 1977 also by about 3%. So tuitions yeah. by far, why, why are tuitions going up so much? And, and meanwhile, student loan debt is a trillion and a half dollars, more than a trillion and a half dollars now. Who has student loan debt? Kids age 18 to 35. Guess what? Wages for people ages 18 to 35 have been flat versus inflation yeah. since 1992. So that's 27 years now, wages have been flat for the exact people who were debt, yeah. student loan debt has been going up. And then on top of it, student loan debt, oddly, is the only kind of debt you can't get rid of uh, in a bankruptcy. So Steve, if I owe yeah. you money and then and then you want the money back and I go bankrupt, I don't have to pay you. Wow. <laughs> and, but, or if I owe the bank yeah. money for a house, I don't have to pay the bank. Sure. But if I owe the, you know, the government money for a stu yeah. student loan, and the government also set up this company, Sally May, kind of like Fannie Mae, but for student loans. Yeah. If I owe the government money, the government will come in and chase me for the rest of my life yes. and get those student loans from me, right. whether I'm bankrupt or not. Right. And I've and I've read a lot of articles about that. You know, just the 
just the relentlessness of student debt and how it's really affected a lot of those people. Now, I'll play the I'll play the devil's advocate too, but like maybe then it's okay. Maybe don't go to a school that costs seventy five thousand dollars a year. Maybe go to a cheaper school. I agree. Yes, but more schools than ever are costing yes. more than yes. fifty thousand. Like, try to find yeah. a school in the top one hundred, um, particularly if it's yeah. out of state. That yes. where, uh, you for know, sure. Like yeah. like like what what school did you go to? University of Michigan in Ann Arbor. University uh, of Michigan. My dad yeah. went there as well. Yeah, great place to go. And we had a recent podcast guest, right? Who went to the university? Um, Jordan Harbinger. Uh, Brad Meltzer. Brad Meltzer. Oh, yeah, Brad. Man. Yeah, Brad actually spoke at uh, Michigan Law School the other day. So University of Michigan, which is a, a public school, yes. right? It's owned by the government. Yes. The out-of-state tuition is $43,000 a year. It's Yeah, I mean, and it's... That was 2016, so it's probably more yeah, right it's, now. Yeah, I think it's definitely more. And, yeah, and... And and it was cheap. It was, it was probably twenty seven thousand yes, when you went. Yes, which obviously long time. So, ago. so it's gone yeah. up. It's gone up faster than inflation. Yes, yes. and it's going to continue to go faster than inflation. And again, you get a loan for that. You're paying six. So you're not paying. For, uh, okay, let's. Uh, where's my calculator? And when so, you went to Cornell, like, yeah, same I, kind of thing. Oh yeah. yeah, I borrowed money, but I graduated a year early wow. to, to avoid. Paying an, I paid oh, for wow. everything, oh, right? Wow. I paid for all my tuition, no, I and I I borrowed all the money, and I pay. I actually, believe it or not, won some chess tournaments <laughs> that helped me pay, and and I was work. I worked. I probably worked forty hours a week at jobs on top of the six courses a semester oh, wow. I was taking because I wanted to graduate early. Wow. Uh, to not pay, and then I took courses every semester, every summer. Um, but let's say you couldn't even enjoy the amazing social life that Ithaca. I I, I was not able to so uh, okay let's say forty five thousand times four is one hundred eighty thousand right yeah um so one hundred eighty thousand and uh what we're gonna we're gonna pay this back over thirty years uh we're gonna pay what what's twi what's interest on the student loan um that I do not know. let's just say it's six percent yeah it's um, probably conservative yeah yeah conservative being as conservative as possible so somebody going to University of Michigan they're not paying a hundred and Forty one hundred eighty thousand dollars tuition. They're paying one million thirty three thousand dollars tuition. Wow. Because of the interest, and you can't get rid of that. And they're not making any more money than people did, yeah, twenty seven years ago when tuitions were much less. So what are you getting in your college education that's worth a million? Like let's say you start working a job at the yeah. age of eighteen. Right. So now instead of spending fifty thousand a year, you're making yes. fifty thousand a year, and you're saving it, and you're yeah. and you don't have the debt. Like you're saving on this million dollars. So right. presumably you could, as you accumulate money, you could invest it instead of putting it sure. into paying down your debt. What people say? Oh well, you can't get a job if it, you're telling me if you start at eighteen, accumulating yeah. skills, uh, uh, you can't yeah. in thirty years. Not only will you have avoided paying off a million dollars for your tuition, you would have made a million plus the interest on sure. that. So, uh, what you know, actually, no. In in thirty years, you 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 would make probably. All right, we're gonna start off with zero. We're gonna use compound interest. This is my favorite calculator. <laughs> we're gonna contribute. Let's just say you only make forty thousand a year. Okay, you don't have a college tuition, so sure. you have some job making sure. forty thousand a year. I'm being again conservative. Thirty years. Uh, and let's say when you invest, you only make 4% of being extra conservative. Right. So you didn't go to college, but you start off making sure, 40000 sure. a year, and you never add to your salary. Your salary right. always stays 40000 because 
people think incorrectly yeah. that you won't get a good job and you'll not, you'll yeah. always be working in a bodega or something. Um, let's see how much you'll have. You'll have $26 million. Wow. <laughs> so that that's, that's if you, if you always save and you start yeah. off at 18 and by the time you're 48, maybe, right. uh, no, Seems a lot of money. No, but I'm, I'm looking at the thing. I'm, I'm amount of money you have available initially zero amount that you plan to add. Oh, oh shoot. Thank I did. You. I did it wrong. I did it wrong. Okay. That's, that's Let's why say, I need to go to college. Take some math classes. 44,000 a month, uh, uh, 4% interest, uh, Okay, two point seven million. Sure. So, sure. so yes. again, and now that's that's in a world where most people are going to college and they don't they're retiring with less than a year's worth of money. They can never yeah. retire because they're, they're they're spending their whole. Yeah. You, you're not finished paying your student loans off till your forties or fifties. So, what? So, so let's play the devil's advocate now. The benefit is, a you can get jobs like yeah. doctor or lawyer. There's some jobs sure. yeah, jobs sure. where by law you have to go yeah. to college. But forget yeah. those for a second. Yeah, yeah. You know, to be a computer programmer, you don't need a uh, by law. You don't need a degree, and you can get more skills at Khan yeah, Academy or Code yeah. Academy yeah. than you would in college because college is a little bit just by yeah. definition their textbooks are a few years out of date, and you can actually start working instead of just always working to pay back your debt. Um, I mean, what's the argument for college? Um, friends, socialization. Yes. You know, but uh, let's say you were interested yeah, in yeah. being a television producer, right? You were a yes, TV news yes, producer for the years. TV producer. If you didn't go to college now, yes, you could start off as an intern at 100%. the age of eighteen yeah. at NBC, and yeah. you rise up after you know the people. No one's going to ask you, "Well, where was your degree?" Yeah. yeah. Well, you, yes. Uh, I'm. More, yeah, I wonder if there if that's a barrier to entry. You know, there have been people who didn't graduate or. You know, go to college. You know, I don't think Peter Jennings went. You know, there are other people who. So yes, or conceivably, you could start there and then start at college for a semester just to get in, and then drop out, and then you could rise you say, up. You, yeah. Like no one's ever asked to see my degree. No. Like and potentially, you it out. <laughs> potentially, I could have. I mean, I suppose someone in a background check could call my alma yes. mater and say, "Did James go there?" Yeah, they would say yes, hopefully, and yeah. and and graduated. But uh, uh, a, I almost didn't graduate. I yeah. kind of had to cheat in order because uh, I was graduating in three years. You needed wow. at least a three GPA. Wow. I had a two point nine nine nine. Wow! And I was getting a D minus that last wow. semester in Fortran. And I begged the professor, just give me a D plus so I wow. could graduate. And he did. He just turned. Wow! Just said he changed the minus <laughs> to a plus and handed it in. And so, so I got D lucky. D plus rather than a D minus, or like is it C plus? No, no, to get to. To, I just okay. needed to move my 2.999 yeah, up yeah, to sure. a 3.0. Sure, sure, sure. sure. Out of like greedy. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so, wow. I, uh, but the, 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 your point is about the socialization and the friends. Yeah. If you were in a city and working, wouldn't you be able to make some friends? Yes. <laughs> and you're 18. But you know what's interesting? So, like, I, Charles Barkley, there's a college basketball player named Zion Williamson, and he hurt himself the other day at a game that was like, Duke, North Carolina, and President Obama was there, and a lot of people, and it was a very public thing because he's this luminary in college sports. And people are like, dude, you're going to be the number one pick in the draft. Just sit out. You don't need to play. Like, you know, like protect your your benefit. And I heard Charles Barkley say, you know, listen, when did we become that obsessed about money where money is everything? You know, you're a basketball player. You play basketball. You know, can't you do that for the school? You made a commitment. You know, and it made me think about 
you know, what you're talking about, like I like to say the cynic knows the cost of everything, the value of nothing, you know, but I think we, look, you know, you uh, wrote the book, Choose Yourself. So what essentially you're saying is choose yourself, right? Right. So and you don't, you don't, you don't need the blessings of, let's say, right. I'll, I'm going to keep picking on University of Michigan, sure. But you don't need the blessings of University of Michigan to to signal that that you're a computer programmer or a competent news producer or whatever. Yeah, you can course. earn it through skill acquisition and you can earn it the hard way by yeah. working hard. Like yeah, you said sure. the other day, actions yeah. are yeah. more important than thoughts. Yeah, yeah. So exactly. so now the the idea that a diploma somehow has conferred credibility on you is just a, a thought, I a agree. dream. No, I agree. I mean, I went to undergrad for computer science and I went to grad school for computer yeah. science and I had to take remedial computer classes to be as good as the worst programmer at my first job. So it, it didn't really yeah. give me that much value. Now, I do agree you do meet like-minded friends and it helps you sure. kind of socialize from youth to adulthood. But think about it this way too. As an adult, like I'm 51 years old. I don't think I have any, even a single friend who's 51 years old. As an right. adult, you're not really friends with people your age. Right. Like, how old are you? I'm, I'm 49. I'll be 50. You right. Know, so you would have yeah. been like a little kid. Yeah. Would <laughs> you would have been in 10th grade when I'm told you. Jay, how no, old are please. you? 30. So Jay's 21 years older than yeah. me. Robin's here. Yeah. She's not my age. Yeah. Uh, no, but I think. Not gonna say, we're not going to say a woman's age on the James, air. You have friends who your age, and as you know. And, um, but I don't even, okay, let's say, like, I, I think, like, let's say you're 18 or and you want to go to college and you say, I'm not sure if I want to go to law school. I might want to go to, like, I love the law. You know, I watched, you know, uh, L.A. Law and I watched Legally Blonde and I love it and I want to go to law. Like, how do you know unless you try, right? Yeah, so, and, that, and if you want to be, uh, but so, how do you know? Like, so, unfortunately, some professions, right. legally, it's against the law to not yes. go to college. Right. Um, but, but okay, yes, you're right for there. If I want to be a lawyer, you, you want to be a go doctor, you know, and you say, hey, I love, you know, but yeah, I think what you're saying is like, there seems to be a conventional religion where we're all kind of, you know, whether it's culturally or these mores where we're all, kind of, there's a group think, and it's not. There are more people than you think don't need to adhere to that. Yes, it's totally true. Airbnb has changed my life. If anything, they have made my life so much better. Like I used to live in Airbnbs. I, I lived in over 100 or 200 different Airbnbs over a three-year period, and I loved it. I, loved, I became a really good guest of Airbnbs, and I got to know lots of hosts. So when I initially owned a house, I, of course, the first thing I thought was I'm going to turn my house into an Airbnb because I travel a lot. So why leave my house unused when I can make a side income by letting others Airbnb my house or come to stay in my house as guests and having my own Airbnb or, or being a host for Airbnb has allowed me to do just that. And I've met other hosts. I've actually spoken at Airbnb's host conference. I think it was in 2017. I met so many just nice hosts. It's a great community. And I love, you know, turning my own home into an Airbnb. Like I'm traveling to Austin next month. My home's going to be an Airbnb 
while I'm away and I'll stay in an Airbnb. I'd rather stay in like a three-story house Airbnb than in one tiny hotel room in, in the middle of Austin during South by Southwest. So listen, while you're away, your home could be an Airbnb. Many people host on Airbnb, but there are people who are just letting their house sit empty who've never thought about it or didn't realize their space could be an Airbnb. Hosting can easily fit into your lifestyle and is a great way to earn some extra money. So if you have a home, but you're not always at home, then you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Daylight savings time is starting up again. Okay, podcast is over. That's all you needed to know. But why do we have uh, daylight savings time? Answer, to give us more daylight from March through November. By setting your clocks forward, it may feel like there are more hours in the day that initial, when we initially start daylight savings. But if you're hiring, it doesn't necessarily help you find qualified candidates for your roles any sooner. There's only one way to do that, ZipRecruiter. And right now you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash James. ZipRecruiter works around the clock to find qualified candidates for you. Once you post your job on ZipRecruiter, they send it to 100-plus job sites so you reach more of the right people. This is such a brilliant idea for a business, and ZipRecruiter did it. So ZipRecruiter's smart technology also quickly scans thousands of resumes to identify people whose skills and experience match your job. I've used ZipRecruiter particularly as a potential employee, and I still to this day get messages every day. James Aldercher, would you like to apply to be VP of entertainment at NBC or whatever. So there's just nonstop emails. Like I got five or six emails today because of because a year ago I signed up for ZipRecruiter. So spring forward with a new hiring partner, ZipRecruiter, and find top talent sooner. See why four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Just go to this exclusive web address to try ZipRecruiter for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash James. Once again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash James. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Hey, listen, men's health is important. Men act all cocky and like they don't need anything. But the reality is, as you get older, there's some things you need. And it often feels like we're too busy to take care of our health problems. Like I'd rather do anything then go to the doctor or the dentist or the pharmacy or whatever. But now you don't have to waste your time if you use HIMS. HIMS, H-I-M-S, HIMS is changing men's healthcare by providing simple and convenient access to science-backed treatments for erectile dysfunction, hair loss, weight loss, and more. The entire process is 100% online, so you get a new routine of improving your overall health faster. Jay, you listening to all this? Yes, I definitely gonna use him for now. Not on. that you need it. You're you're young and healthy, James. I'm thirty five. You, you're getting there. You might you might need it. Who knows? But if prescribed, your medication ships directly to you for free and indiscreet packaging. No insurance is needed. You can manage your plan on the Hims app, track progress, and learn more about your conditions and how to treat them from leading medical experts. Start your free online visit today at Hims dot com slash James. Could you imagine that there's a whole section just with my name on it? Hims.com slash James. That's how I 
how much I am representative of the kind of person who needs hymns. That's H-I-M-S dot com slash James for your personalized treatment options. Hymns.com slash James. Prescriptions require an online consultation with a healthcare provider who will determine if appropriate. Restrictions apply. See hymns.com slash James for details and important safety information. Subscription required. Price varies based on product and subscription plan. The other argument, which is related to the socialization, and I think this argument is maybe the strongest, and I've seen you benefit from it, yeah. is the networking potential that college yeah. gets you. Oh, yeah. So you have a, you go to visit University yes. of Michigan all the time. Yeah. You have a lot of friends from there. I've even met a lot of your yeah. friends. So 30 years later, you're keeping in touch with these people, which yes. is really good. I go back with um, Jason, LeVon, uh, Bursley, and uh, Lance. I mean, and, uh, Brad Meltzer. Yeah. Brad Meltzer's the greatest person ever. Yeah, I mean... Uh, How many podcast and, guests have we had from your <laughs> University of Michigan connections, actually? Well, uh, we like Jillian Siegel, who you know yeah. is great. You know, we met uh, Tom Frank, you know, the great comedian. So, uh, yeah, a lot of friends, you know. Um, so, so so I think there's somebody there. But if outside of the top 20 yeah. schools, how valuable is the net like networking? And I won't call no, out sure. any school in particular, but like uh, just some random yeah. liberal arts school in, in yeah. Kentucky. How good is, and nothing against Kentucky yeah. or anything, sure. but how good, how powerful is the networking? Um. Yeah, I think there are because, like, if you went to Louisville or University of Kentucky, you know, I think there is. I think, like, what I always tell you, like, you know, like things work out best for those who make the best of the way things work out. So if you're going to boom, <laughs> but if you go to University of Kentucky and you go there and you all worked at the Cat's Paws newspaper and you loved it and you, uh, but if you had been an intern working yes, for the Lexington the, Herald leader. Yeah, yeah, or the Louisville Gazette. I don't even yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you would also yeah. make connections there. And then sure, everybody would have been, sure, you would have stood sure, out too. Like, oh, sure. that's the kid. He was so bright yes, at 18. 100%. Yeah, there's... He brought us that story <laughs> when, he, when we were paying him nothing. And, well, yeah, it's like in the um, Jay-Z, there's a million ways to get it and choose one. And I think, you know, that comes down to choice, right? I, I do think like, if someone wants to go to college, which... You know, the thing is, if your kid wants to go to college and you put your foot down and say, no, I know this all too well, maybe I was a wimp about it. Like my my daughter yeah. does go to college. Maybe I was a wimp about it. I could have said, oh, no, I'm not letting you go and I'm not letting you borrow because that's unhealthy. Yeah. Um, but then, um, then maybe she hates me for the next 10 years. I don't think I would have been yeah. able to deal with that. But I also think, okay, like the expression, the problem isn't the problem the problem could become the perception of the problem is the problem about college itself or is the problem with the really aggressive pricing you know today just today i was watching a story about a school in new york and this woman was suing them because she expressed interest in going to devry and she was a single mother and wanted to learn those skills and they were aggressively courted her and they wanted her to pay then she couldn't pay and then they kicked her out and then her credit screwed up she but, doesn't have the degree. And by know, the way, that's another situation yeah. that's even worse, which is those, yeah. those are corporations, yes. Dubai, yes. and and University of Phoenix and some other ones. Also I'm not, not going to be a sponsor to, for uh, our podcast. Uh, I'm, I'm not putting them down either. It's just a different category. Yeah, I'm just talking about the oh, general yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. accredited but colleges. I, but I do think like they're a for-profit thing. They have interest in, in you know, in in making money, on, obviously. You know, like, they have like, these huge endowments, and that's why you see a lot of politicians saying, hey, should college be free certainly should community colleges be free you know like, like my my daughter is studying 
acting. Yes. Which she was she was debating between neuroscience or neurobiology and acting. I actually encouraged her to do acting because I feel like that's a skill as opposed to some degree yes, she probably yes. she's probably not going to be a neurobiologist. So some sure, sure. As, as opposed to some degree she she could just read about in, in right. books for free and get a skill, you know, that's not an actual skill whereas acting is a very difficult skill. Yeah. But even there, I said to her, "Why not at least take a year off and come to New York City or move yeah. to LA and try auditioning for a year because that's the, yes, the bulk of beginning act, acting careers. See if you like that lifestyle. See if you have that skill set that you can handle psychologically that lifestyle. But, you know, she, she likes the socialization. She liked kind of the pseudo extension of yeah. high school, which I totally disagree with. I think she could have, if she yeah. moved to New York to do auditioning, she would have met all the other kids yeah. who yeah. had the same interests as her and who were also auditioning. And she would have found that tribe there. Yeah. yeah, and and then she would have also learned much more quickly and for much less expense, uh, she would have learned whether she wanted to pursue that as a career or she would have made a network of people in other yeah. branches. Yeah, what if of, she said, oh, I want to go to Juilliard. I I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I yeah. think I think still she might yeah. not like, you know. You don't want to learn a skill just for the fun of it. If you could, if you have to pay, you know, right. a, a million dollars for it yeah. in the long run with with interest and everything. You you want to learn a skill. Uh, first of all, if acting is a skill you could learn with an acting coach for much cheaper. Yeah, for sure. And and, and go and experiencing getting on stage is the only way to build a skill like that. So you either get on stage paying a million dollars or you get on stage with them paying you or you get on stage in yeah. some kind of volunteer theater or whatever. So uh, again, I do think though, if someone wants to go to college, yeah. community college for two years and then transferring is yeah. a good way, but a lot of kids don't want to do that either. Yeah, interesting. You know, I, yeah, I, I think, and I watch younger people now and they get in college and I think most older people aren't like, hey, you know, you need to go to this place or you don't, you know, unless they're snobs or they have other, you know, other reasons for pushing people to go to that school. I remember Frank Bruni of the New York Times wrote a great book called like who you are is not where you, where you go is not who you'll be or where you are, you know, and it's, and it's just the idea that, okay, they, he looked at every president, looked at every person who was successful and he looked back and they didn't all go to Harvard or Yale and, or, or. Right, it's a, really it's a modern, yeah. it's a modern thing. Kids couldn't get loans yeah. when you and I went to, yeah. we, we, yeah. we couldn't borrow that kind of money. Yeah, That's why since 2004, I think student loan debt's gone from 200 billion to 1.6 trillion because the government, the yeah. US government realized, oh my God, 18 year olds are idiots. They're right. willing to borrow yeah. a quarter million dollars from us, even under the terms where they could never not pay it back because we got them. Yeah. So, so the US government, they're in favor of every student kid in yeah. the world going to college because they're making a ton of money across, yeah, absolutely. you know, a hundred million. I think something like how many, I think 22 million people have some form of student loan debt. And I think at some point there'll be a bubble, like kind of like the subprime mortgage, but, 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 but it won't be like the subprime. And actually yeah. it's funny you say that. So a lot of people who, who don't fully, I mean, you you know more than most people, but a lot of people who don't understand what happened in the financial crisis compare the student loan bubble to the yeah. subprime mortgage bubble. They're different because hedge funds don't, you know, bundle up sure. student loans like derivative, into yeah. derivatives, yeah. yeah, and then sell them with huge leverage. Oh, interesting. So there's sure. no, it, it's impossible for there to be. There might gotcha. be a bubble socially, yeah. but there's not a bubble in terms of like a financial crisis. Gotcha. But in terms of its effect on the financial system, 
if one group of people have millions, have 1.6 trillion in debt, and another group of people, i.e. the children of rich people, don't have any debt, yeah. this is what increases income inequality. So the children of the rich yeah. people, they're gonna marry other people with yeah. no debt. There's there's studies that show you kind of marry people yeah. in your same financial strata. Who you met at college. Yeah, who you met <laughs> at college, potentially. And then your children, they're not gonna have financial debt. So income inequality, so yeah. these two sides, they become more the separate. Become, yeah. yeah, and this is, polarized. I think this is what has led to the creation of the extremes politically. Donald Trump on one side, and let's say the Bernie Sanders on the other side, is that you know we're getting more and more uh, separate as a society, and I think sure. income inequality is getting more separate, and I think the source of that is actually student loan debt. And I know it's all with good intentions. So yeah. when Lyndon B. Johnson started backing student loans, when the GI Bill started paying veterans to go to college, these are the best intentions. Get people an education. It was sure. good thinking, but the net effect of it fifty years later is that income inequality is greater. So you just have to be, you can't unintended be- Unintended consequences. Right, it's unintended consequences. And you can't, you can't be for one without understanding it affects the other thing. Otherwise there's hypocrisy. So if you're fine with income inequality, uh, which which is not really good for society in the long term, it, it, you know, the only way income inequality has, there's a book, The Great Leveler by, um, I forget the author now, but there's a book, uh, that goes through the history of every single society in history that had uh, larger than normal income yeah. inequality, kind of like the income inequality we have in America. And they ba he basically concluded it only ended through either war or disease. Oh, wow. And uh, like Germany being an example in yeah. the, uh, after World War I uh, and, and so on. There's many examples. He, he gave like a thousand examples. But, uh, uh, you know, I don't know what the solution is because yeah. I, I think the only solution is is the government stop backing student loans. But so many people will say that's uh, so many people who are not thinking fifty years yeah. ahead. Right. You know, we're all thinking fifty years ahead when it comes to climate change. Right. Like people are obsessed. With, no, you got to think about your great grandchildren who don't even exist yet. They're not even like. Yeah. And I, but I also think like okay, you could say okay, well, some of those people shouldn't go to these schools, and then that may not be the answer either because. You know, that's not, you know, like, yeah, I mean, like, you know, that just perpetuates that, okay, only the really wealthy people are going to go to the quote unquote most prestigious schools. Well, what right. will happen is, uh, Henry Blodgett pointed this out to me 10 years ago. If Harvard raised their tuition to 300,000 a year, yeah. a year, right yeah. now it's 66,000 a year. If they raise their tuition to 300,000 a year, they would still fill every spot. Wow. Because the the rich yeah, would send yeah. their kids, the kings would yeah. send their kids there. Yeah, wow. And uh, he's probably right. I mean, yeah, he went to Harvard, so he has the sense yeah. of the value of the networking and the connections yeah. that he got. Um, you know, he infamously uh, became yeah. the face of the bust yeah. of the internet, but then he sold Business Insider 15 years later for 300 yeah. million. So he's he's had his, his ups and downs, but smart Seems guy like he's got some ups lately <laughs> yeah he's had more ups than downs lately certainly yeah um but you know again but you do but it does speak about that because i i happen to read the book billion dollar whale and they talked about joe Lowe and he went to warden and met all these people that wound up you know in, from schools and yeah there's a certain degree of elitism and right so, yeah, so yeah. elitism networking but again yeah. that's a book about a guy who yes. stole a billion dollars from malaysia correct so it's not like anybody's learning values in these schools that's true too yes. <laughs> so so there's a lot of things you can learn like 
I spoke to a guy once on, I, you know, I had this podcast for a while, Ask Alta Church. So this yeah. was three or four years ago. I spoke to a guy who did the entire four-year MIT computer science degree right. online. You know, they put their entire oh, wow. syllabus yeah. and curriculum yeah. online. They take videos of all the courses. He did. He watched all the videos. He took all the. He did all the homework and got it graded. Right. He, he he took all the tests. Uh, he did it all within twelve months instead of four instead of four years. Wow! So he knows he was proof that you can get the skill wow. faster and cheaper. He paid sure. nothing for it. Wow. But what what did he not get? He did not get a degree. Wow! So oh. the degree you got to pay a quarter million dollars sure. for, and then with interest a million dollars for. Yeah! It. Wow! So so what's what's the the yeah. point? Um, uh, and again, I imagine I love, it comes down to most people, let alone at fifty at 18 well maybe more people are likely to have the confidence to say i don't need all that you know i don't need but i think there are times in your life you get socialized and you need that you need to wear a certain type of clothing you need to go to a certain type of school you need to eat at a certain kind of restaurant drive a certain kind of car you know i feel you know people in marketing talk about like you buy things because how it makes you feel and you do things because how it makes you feel yeah but and, but, but just think yeah. about it though like your body if something makes you feel something because an advertiser, yes, like why would yes. you drink a Coca Cola? It's because advertisers for hundred years yes. are saying, "Oh, Coca's it," you know, right. taste the real thing. Um, but but if you look at the actual numbers, yeah, you basically just with these first two commandments, yeah, owning a home and going to college, which everybody does, you basically cost yourself between one and five million dollars, depending on how you do it in, in the time of your life, which was the money you needed to retire. And, yes. and, uh, without doing anything else, you could have just by not owning a home and not going to college, all of your kids yes. will be able to take care of themselves. Wow. Uh, and if you're 18 considering college, uh, yeah, you know, you, you this is an important, you have to think about your future and you don't think about your future by getting a, a neurobiology degree. You're never going to yeah. use. You think about your future by working, by skill acquisition, which people and yes. after your first job anyway people only value your skills they don't value your degree first sure. job is the only one they might say hey what was your degree yeah. um we only went through two <laughs> of the 10 commandments of the american religion uh uh you know and 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 another thing we can veer well, into is people to read it you know well well we should well, post uh, it no yeah. well, well we'll we'll do the next block oh, then yeah. i also want to do temps 10 scams you encounter every day. We're going to bleed okay, into that. Okay, perfect. And, but if anybody wants to argue with me on social media, which is the only purpose of social media now is arguing because they love it when you argue on social media because that's how they make money for every argument you have. Basically, yeah. like, I see all these people going back and forth. Well, I guess you don't have any morals. Well, I guess you're <laughs> like a Hitler. And every time everybody reloads to see, oh, did they respond to my fascinating yeah. argument that I made from my suburban air-conditioned home with my <laughs> Ivy League degree I spent a million dollars for. Every time you click on a reload like an idiot, yeah. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, they all make money. So if you want to argue with me on Twitter about this or make some good points, which I will respond to, <laughs> uh, let me know. And if you have any other commandments that you want to hear about or, or that you think are you know, scams in American culture and society or world culture and society, tweet to me or tweet to Steve yes. who doesn't have a tweeting I'm going to have one. I'm going to have one. And that is something that- Takes uh, three I know, minutes. I'm doing it. I got it. You're right. Um, 
like I like to say, like wipe it off for tomorrow, which you can do the day after tomorrow. Uh, <laughs> do you think I'm too hard said, on you? I on said, these no, podcasts? I think you're 100 right. I think kind of mean. No, not at all. No, honestly, Steve's the best. No, I'm not. No, I think it's good. I think like um, can't stand the heat. Then get out of the kitchen. Well, we taste. You know? And uh, we're we're going. This. Is, uh, let me just tell you how great Steve is. Yeah. Supreme, <laughs> no Supreme Court justice <laughs> has gone on any podcast. Yeah. Next Monday which is going to be yeah, before this podcast voice. airs. Next Monday, we're going to the U.S. Supreme Court yes. and talking to Sonia Sonnemeyer. Yes. And and uh, I'm super excited about it. And Steve's the only producer, I yeah, think, who could have landed I, that. I think um, I'm excited about that. And hopefully we'll get some other people in D.C. for you guys to listen to. Did but you call, Did you honestly, did you call Barack Obama? I, I did. We have, we have reached out to him and we uh, hopefully uh, he can make it again. If you don't ask, the answer is always no for you people out there. So, uh, hey, can we I'm talk to Betsy DeVos? <laughs> Department oh, from, of Education Secretary. Yeah, for sure. Talk I have, about that's college. a great idea, for sure. And Elijah and, Cummings, and you're going to reach out to? And they used to be at uh, Dick DeVos at, um, you know, they started Amway. You know, that's, oh, yeah. uh, that's that family. You know, and I think she's kind of a controversial person. I Also, uh, yeah, I think, um, like, I think oh, it'd you be know, terrific. Yeah. You know what I want to talk and about, And if anybody too? out there in, in our um, audio experience land... Uh, if you want, I want to suggest any people to me at my um, soon-to-be uh, open Twitter account, uh, <laughs> then uh, you'll let me know, and uh, or James can retweet it to me because he's an early adapter. And uh, but I'm excited to interact with you all with all positive thoughts, like all social media is like only positive interactions. Um. Okay, well, I'm Jack Dorsey, I'm excited to be working with you soon on Twitter. <laughs> hey, can we get Jack Dorsey on the podcast? Yeah, he's done every She's other on podcast. Joe Rogan's, I mean, yes, and he was on he Ben did, Shapiro's. He did um, Bill he Simmons. He did uh, Sam Harris's. He oh, Sam Harris, Joe Sam Rogan. Harris, yeah. Uh, and you know, you know, here's one that's not. I've never written about this, but here's a topic I want to talk about. Maybe not on this podcast, obviously, but on the ne one of the next few. But. Um, there was an op-ed, I, I don't know what newspaper, because I don't read the news, but it was either yeah. New York Times or Washington Post or something like that. Um, there was an op-ed that billionaires shouldn't be, or no, it was called Ban Billionaires, right? Yeah, yeah, I think. So I, I, I want to, since I have a book coming out called Think Like a Billionaire, and because we've interviewed so many yeah. billionaires, I really think it's, and then, you know, AOC, the yeah. you know the congresswoman, who such a great strategist and campaigner, I completely disagree with her on almost every economic issue. Um, but she even said about Howard Schultz running for, and I'm not yeah. saying Howard Schultz will be good or bad. I know nothing sure, about him sure, politically, sure. but she even said, why don't you start from the bottom and rise up? Which is such a weird thing to say, because this is a guy who's created a, a million jobs, yeah, hundred percent. you know, and worked his whole life, you know, creating you know, and having an impact on culture. And he's such a charitable, uh, philanthropist and, yeah. and so on. Anyway, that's a topic that's interesting to me Absolutely. too. Like, yeah. and, and I think the income inequality created by this college stuff is causing these op ridiculous op-eds like that yeah i think uh yeah there's definitely yeah i mean if that's a you know you've done the math and i think that it has led to a lot of it because if these people are always you know in quicksand and and you know they get angry yeah yes so, so jay is telling us we have to wrap there's another Thanks, podcast jay. coming in here yeah <laughs> uh Steve, thanks so much. Thanks so much. And uh, audience, please tell me if you like this kind of podcast or not, and feel free to contribute your thoughts and opinions. You can even email me, uh, altacher at gmail.com 
or call me at 203-512-2161 and um, talk to you soon. Thank you.